hands are the biggest, the greatest enemy we have ever known. Like, I'm so sick of my own fucking hands. You know, anyone else's hands are like, you know, they are just, they're poison. They may as well have rats at the end of their arm. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the Football Spin. It's our first post-game Football Spin. Um, Paddy McKenna here, Dion Fanning, Nordine Chowdhury. So our first uh, post-game Football Spin and uh, we've been watching uh, Manchester City against Arsenal and we've also been watching Aston Villa and Sheffield United. And we'll talk about the technology and all that sort of fun a little bit later on. But um, Nods, we start with yourself. Like Obviously we've had like a lot of uncertainty in the world, but what you need from your first night back in the Premier League is just lots of things that you know and love. We mentioned technology. And then David Luiz having a very David Luiz evening. Uh, did you enjoy that? It was it was incredible. Um, I mean, I, I made the point earlier that it was a little bit like, did you know in, in wartime you had like a Vera Lynn sort of like, or, or Bob Hope sort of like really sort of uh, trying to cheer the troops and sort of like raise the nation's spirits in, in dark times. That's what David Louise is like. He's he's like this clown that comes on. He's he's like a modern day Charlie Chaplin who come what comes waddling on, sort of like does a does a few madnesses and then and then sort of takes takes his leave and like gets the imaginary round of applause. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, every everyone is happy. He is he is Bob Hope. We are the troops. We are the people who need to be entertained during a pandemic, and to be uh, and we we sat here for three months, a hundred days. Our Premier League football, uh, you know, in our in our in our little in our very small little worlds, and then this incredible comfort blanket appears, and it doesn't even start. We don't even know. It's like we, you know, it starts. It's like this isn't this isn't what we're you know. This is all about. Where is David Louise? You know, where are the things that we know and love? And then he's on, and then he's on, and then it all just unfolds in such a familiar way. Ars, not just David Louise, but the whole Arsenal thing. Nothing, nothing. Nothing can change Arsenal. Like, nothing can change. You know, a pandemic can't change Arsenal. Nothing can change Arsenal. No shots on target. I think three shots for the game. David Luiz doing what David Luiz does, getting sent off. Magnificent. It was all magnificent. He actually got sent off. Um, and it's like, yeah, this is, what, this is what we need. We're all now just channeling our, our energies into laughing at David Luiz. And I think that's what... what what everyone needed. He's, right he's, 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 he's a little bit like all three stooges sort of wrapped <laughs> into one person. He's like a proper vaudevillian act. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's, in a way, it was almost like, like strikers can score the perfect hat trick. Like this was like him, like his full repertoire. This was, this was like his YouTube compilation of, of like everything he's worst at. It's unbelievable. Reassurance there from, from David Louise. Um, um, reassurance as well, uh, Dion. From again, we'll we'll get to the football in a moment, but let's talk about the you know the uh, fun and entertaining stuff. Uh, Mikel Arteta's hair, Dion. Well, everything is uh, no, it's just uh, everything is 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 back to normal. Uh, you know, uh, we all like the the great thing about 
think about the pandemic as well. And I think there are so many aspects of it, of it tonight. Like everyone is looking like, you know, from the from Villa Sheffield United, all the messages on my various WhatsApp groups uh, in the in during Villa Sheffield United, most of them focused around Jack Grealish's hair, and mm. like how how would he manage to get hair like that uh, during a pandemic with all barbers and hairdressers closed? Um, and you know, again, there was a lot of lot of suspicion because we've done a lot of shaming in the pandemic. You know, we've done a lot of mm. like sort of social distancing shaming in various ways. And I think there were, you know, people trying to kind of raise a few suspicions about, uh, about you know, about haircuts in in, in this. And there was a, just a general, it's just, it's just a curiosity now as well, just seeing how um, how footballers have adapted to uh, various other, you know, social distancing elements. Like I thought it was interesting at the very beginning. Like I saw, I noticed a lot of them, a lot of players, uh, like kind of fist fist bumping towards the end they're kind of going for the elbow but it's sort of morphed into a fist bump which i don't think uh is correct from a from a coronavirus point of view you know i stand to be corrected by uh more qualified people which is practically anyone but i don't think that's the right thing to do but i noticed chris wilder in the sheffield united villa game was kind of he's reaching out with a hand he was kind of putting a hand out to tap people <laughs> you know and like hands now like he wasn't going for a handshake like he wasn't yeah. going for a foot but the hand was there and like if there's oh, one thing oh. we have all come to hate during the pandemic it's hands mm. you know the hands are the biggest the greatest enemy we have ever known like i'm so sick of my own fucking hands you know, anyone else's hands are like, you know, they are just, they're poison. They may as well have rats at the end of their arm. <laughs> and, uh, and so if somebody is kind of waving a hand in your direction, like, you know, you're, you don't know what, how you're going to react. And like, there is, there's a type of person, and this isn't Chris Wilder, but there is a type of person who, you know, it is funny how everything has gone down certain lines and the type of person who sort of delights in not being politically, or, you know, I'm not politically correct, you know, that kind of person delights mm. in kind of offering a hand you know I, I, I'll, hand, I'll shake your hand it's just the flu isn't it you know <laughs> and uh, and so like we've all these things so we've in our small little world we, we've seen so few people we're now just seeing this entire array of of habits and how other people have sort of coped and developed their own mannerisms like some people very restrained know that leading with their elbow not doing anything risky other people just yeah. wave waving hands around wildly yeah, but Dion, if if Joe had a testing system like the Premier League, like as as often as regular, maybe we'd all be going around. Oh, you think? You think they're conf- so confident? Yeah, mm. I think yeah. that's I think that could be it. Although I was impressed by Mendy and uh, Lacazette's improvisation at the end. I don't know if you saw that, where they pulled their jerseys over their faces, which was a double win because one, you couldn't be lip read whatever was going on when poor mm. Garcia flattened by uh, Ederson but two they were also they were they were face masking as well with their jerseys right. well you see one of, one of Arsenal took took the uh, one of the Premier League uh, the protocol, Premier League protocols one of the things the clubs have been advised to do is travel by plane on the day of the game uh, and so Arsenal did, did, did that today and um paid the price by losing a couple of players by injury. Although, again, as it's Arsenal, nobody is really like, you, you know, they, they may not have played for 100 days, but everyone is thinking, well, that's just Arsenal. 
it doesn't really matter you know it, it but the fact that they were on a plane today doesn't isn't what you would do normally for preparation for a game so it does like it is possible that that's had some impact I was I was just going to say in, in in terms of the safety of the players, it was hard to tell whether it was like whether COVID nineteen was like a, more of a danger or, or Edison being your teammate. It was. I mean, I mean, the thing that I found really bizarre about that because like, like we know he sort of bundles into people and he's he, he's quite reckless like that. It's the way, and I think Gary Neville sort of touched on it. Like he did, he didn't go to check if he was okay. He just yeah. kind of dawdled about. Like, like that, that. That was the one time in the game anyone adhered to like the two meter rule. Like he just stayed away. <laughs> it's always like, oh, it's nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like, like, like there's no one in the ground. There's no <clears throat> like no one saw it, so it's fine. But it was, it was just so bizarre. His own teammate as well. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe check on him. Echoes of Schumacher on Batistón. There, uh, Nas. I think you. I think you'll agree. Yeah. Except uh, didn't didn't Schumacher kind of um, lead with the arse? Whereas, the, whereas yeah. this was more a straightforward sort of a head-on collision. Yeah, yeah, no, there is that. It was and slightly were, different. Yeah, yeah, there was a opposing player, so he was out to. Yeah, he was out, he was out to hurt him. Dion, um, Mikel Arteta, like obviously knows David Luiz very well, and 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 he's been backing that up tonight, like by saying, you know, same old David Luiz, the he's same not, player that he knows and loves. He's not going to change. I think if yeah. you go back to what yeah. we were saying, what was such a welcome. Uh, uh, part of the return of the Premier League was just David Luiz hasn't changed and Mikel Arteta, if you like, he vowed, he vowed that uh, David Luiz isn't going to change and it's not going to, it won't, it won't affect him. Uh, this this performance entirely in keeping with so many of his previous performances, this won't change him. Mikel Arteta said, uh, he won't, he won't get big, he won't let it go to his head, um, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and David Luiz came out then and said, you know, that he's probably been spending too much time thinking about his uh, his future. Um, Mikel Arteta, it was this interesting change. Like, like Mikel Arteta seemed to suggest that the decision has been made and nothing that happened uh, tonight would actually affect the decision about offering David Luiz a contract. Luiz then seemed to say that he wanted to stay, Arteta wanted him to stay, uh, but the decision has got to be made, suggesting that, as we know at Arsenal, there are other people. It is not just for the two of them to come together and to say, you're a great guy, you're a great guy, let's just stay, uh, let's stay together. And other people are involved in it. So um, maybe there are other wiser heads at Arsenal that realise that in the future, David Luiz might not be the player you want uh, if you really have ambitions as a football club. Nas, he'd be a great loss to the league, were he to leave. He'd be a great loss to comedy, football, everything. I, I, I also think that he, I mean, he seems to suggest that the manager still wants him, which could possibly be the fourth thing he's done wrong today. So, um, so who knows? But uh, I'd be very surprised if, uh, if Arteta, uh, let's put it, put it this way, the only thing that could make Arteta go bald at this stage would be David Luiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing that threatens that Im- Im- immaculate hairline. Um, okay, before we leave City and Arsenal, just and this is this is a bridge anyway between the two games. But first of all, on the crowd noise, uh, where are we on the crowd noise? Um, I-, I kind of admire the way there's like there's lots of nuance, like at the subtle fade in. You know when you go from that the stadium silence to the the crowd slowly raising their voice. Um, you know to this <clears throat> hitting the side netting, the ooze. Um, Sergio Aguero hitting the side netting. There's 
there's some there's some nice uh, there's some nice um, features in there it. Were, Dion, there, were, there was a good. I, I was impressed that they managed to get the, the the round of applause when Eric Garcia was stretched off. That was uh, there. You go. That was there. That's I think it was somebody. I think it was football cliches who had uh, suggested a couple of weeks ago that they did need to have the uh, like they, he would be watching to make sure that they had the uh, round of applause when a defender heads the ball back to the goalkeeper. You know that crucial one. When uh, mm. you know he avoids, he he bypass, he gets around the ba- the back pass rule by heading it back, and always gets a round of applause. Um, and uh, so I I didn't notice that tonight. Maybe they they did. I I switched actually. I watched it for a while, and then I think actually I think the uh, <clears throat> no crowd noise is. It's not that I have a problem particularly with the crowd noise, but actually, no crowd noise is quite interesting. Just being able to hear everything is is quite good you know it's uh mm. it's, it's it brings a level of interest um which you don't get with you know fake crowd noise uh and you're kind of getting a, a different view uh and you're getting a kind of an extra element whereas there is no real extra element with the crowd noise because it's fake um whereas this you know the occasional uh snippet of a conversation or you know usually just some abuse uh is is mm. is, is something enlightening no, I swear you on crowd noise. You, uh, are you switching? Like I, I haven't switched over. I've just left it. I'm happy enough with it. I'm. I don't want to know what it's like without. I've decided. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to know. Really I inside, know. A little inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's more to do with you, Paddy. Are you? Are you okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't tell me what the outside world is like. <laughs> I'm happy enough here. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I find it all a little, a little bit uncanny valley. It's kind of, it's it's eerie to me, like, hearing all the noise. And and I, I appreciate to a lot of people, it's it's almost comforting in that they, it makes it feel as if it's, uh, we're completely back to normal. But it just, see, seeing the sort of empty stands and, and hearing the crowd noise, that's, that's, uh, that's not quite real. It's, it's really weird for me. I can't, it, it just distract, it just distracts me. It's, um, although... Like, like like Dion alluded to, it's 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 nice that sort of like when a player gets injured and he's being stretched off, that that like even imaginary fans can be can be classic. I think I think I think that's uh, I think that that goes a long way. I mean I mean I mean like it's it shows, it shows a lot of respect from the from the imaginary community. <laughs> Um, staying with technology uh, the first game which like it was terrible but also it was kind of good like it was a really bad game of football but maybe it was just the fact football was back. And people were, we were back into that sort of normality. And what's more normal than a good old um, technology uh, Farago? Um, so Hawkeye, and this is incredible. Like, I mean, when you read this, it's hard to believe that this is what happened. Hawkeye have unreservedly apologized for the goal that was that everybody could see was a goal during the game, except Hawkeye. Um, and this was the first time this error had occurred in 9,000 matches. And the error being that not one of seven cameras uh, were able to pick up that the ball had crossed the line. Um, so each of those cameras was obscured by either a goalkeeper, a defender, or a goalpost. Um, and they've they've taken full, full responsibility <clears throat> for this mistake, which lots of people aren't accepting, um, including Richard Keyes, who's been, uh, he's straight into the conspiracy. Why do they lie? According to Hawkeye's own website, their technology is infallible. Their apology is a smokescreen to take the pressure off Stockley Park. Mike Riley. It's all about Mike Riley. Where, like, 
again, you know, we were kind of uh, drifting. I was drifting in and out of that game a bit. And then suddenly, you know, just just everybody kind of coming back. It was like one of those scenes, kind of, you know, a musical number in a kind of old sort of 50s movie where like all the gang all start reappearing. Like suddenly everyone just starts returning and like there's, you know, high fives and hugs. And, you know, suddenly Keezy's back, you know, having a pop at Mike Riley. Uh, like there hasn't like nothing else, nothing more important has happened in the last three months. Uh, it's just Stockley Park. And uh, and you know it's it's all I I you see Hawkeye is kind of one of the interesting things like I'd never even though I knew this I'd never really kind of absorbed the idea that Hawkeye is a company so like all this stuff like Hawkeye apologizes uh, I was like who's Hawkeye like who's he <laughs> like uh, it just seemed like it's just it's, and it's a very you know you can, I sort of expected sort of, sort of you know you get a very clear picture of what somebody called Hawkeye might look like. Uh, and um, it just seems kind of strange, but like it was, it was uh, like Keezy wasn't buying it, but it was a pretty, uh, you know, it was a pretty detailed apology. Although there was pointed out, they said, you know, that the this level of occlusion has never been seen before in over nine thousand matches that the Hawkeye Go Line technology system has been in operation. Now, there's not nine thousand. <clears throat> it's actually, you know, th- th- this this mistake. It's probably going to happen more often than that because it hasn't been nine thousand incidents. Uh, it's been there in nine thousand matches, but how many times is goal line technology really called upon? Uh, not that, not that many. Uh, so it was, you know, it was, but it was an extraordinary. It was an extraordinary fa- failure, uh, and the fact that, you know, that. Uh, Michael Oliver, nobody went to VAR, nobody felt that there was anything they could do about this because uh, everybody just trusted, nobody believed that the Hawkeye, everything else can The infallible down. technology, yeah. The only thing that doesn't let us down is Hawkeye. He never lets us down. He or she never lets us down. And, uh, and this time they did. I mean, I mean, I mean, one thing I didn't get was was I didn't realize there was sort of like opposing sort of like because because we're talking about how VAR could have actually overruled Hawkeye, and 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 that brings to mind like like this this weird war of the world. It's it's kind of like you've got like Transformers versus Decepticons, and they battle it out, and like VAR can can sort of overrule sort of like Hawkeye, but Hawkeye will f- sort of fight back. It's, 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 I can't I can't handle it. Yeah, it's like how long have we been away for? You know, these, what has these these robots should just organize and, and, and create some sort of union. So like there's one voice instead of sort of competing against each other. <laughs> robot wars, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. Jonathan Pierce would feel right at home there as well, <laughs> in fairness. He's he's got he's got a form in that area. Um yeah, so yeah, so a very strange, um a very strange kind of incident because again, forget Hawkeye, the naked eye was like pretty much everybody watching on TV was able to pick it out that the keeper had pulled the goal had pulled the ball in behind the goals. Um, it's really bad news for Sheffield United because that's that could be that for that like that could be the thing that stops them getting um, a place in the Champions League, which is really unfair. Yeah, yeah you know it's um, no, it's a, it's a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake from their point of view, uh, and um, at the you know, and for for just for it to be Hawkeye, like we'd almost sort of priced in our VAR uh, mistakes at this stage, but. Um, 
I think it is, and it's such an astonishing one. And I think it is kind of extraordinary that when you see it happening, that nobody said, right, okay, this is a goal. Somebody needs to just have a look at this. Um, but it is, it, is, uh, it is a big, big blow to them. Um, Naz, what we saw as well before both the games was both sets of players taking a knee. Um, and again, another um, really like, amazing gesture. Um, and Raheem Serling spoke about that after the game as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was also quite fitting. He he, he scored his goal uh, today as well. Um, I, I think um, I think it's one of those things where where you know things aren't going to be sort of solved through. You know there's these fundamental problems, but at times like this, like symbolism is important. And when you consider the fact that uh, not long ago, uh, Colin Kaepernick essentially took on a whole a whole uh, sport and was and was sort of cast cast out and sort of rejected by the authorities and. And basically, on he he was on his own um, to go from that to a situation where a, a whole sort of sport and a, and a, and a, a worldwide entity as big as uh, the Premier League, um, not only have they got Black Lives Matter, it's not as if they had All Lives Matter. It's not as if they tried to sort of like um, incorporate everything or soften the soften the message. It was Black Lives Matter, and and when everyone took the new, when everyone took the knee, it was so powerful because, I mean. I was surprised. I, I think a lot of people were surprised when it happened, and and it, it was almost as if, like for the Sheffield United um, Aston Villa game, it was almost like the um, the commentators were sort of taken aback by it because it because it, it felt as if they weren't expecting it. But it, that in in a way that just made it feel all the more sort of powerful just to see everyone as one sort of take the knee um, in in a strange and it, and it's easy to be cynical about these things, but it it just felt like a really sort of like moving moment. Yeah, I think it was, um, yeah, I think that that was the thing. It was, <clears throat> there was such, and it is easy to kind of uh, look at these things as slightly corporate or, you know, because there's in such momentum that this is easy now. But that, in the fact that it, it is possible for for the Premier League to embrace this the way they've done it, as Nas says, from where you look at where it was with Colin Kaepernick and the NFL, uh, and how he was, you know, driven out because of of, of the position he took, um, it tells you about where the movement has gone and what it means, and that is a massive thing. And you know, Sterling said afterwards that it was massive step for the Premier League to allow this to happen, and that's fair enough. But they, they, you know, they have not that they would have tried to stop it, but there was no nobody, nobody in their right mind. Would would try and stop it now, and I thought it was, it was it was interesting the way, and it was good the way at Sky Sports at halftime. This was the first thing they talked about. Same and same in the in the City Arsenal game. This was the thing they brought up first. Was this was this stand because it is it does like, you know, it's exhausting when there's nothing going on. It's exhausting sometimes how people want to argue about referees' decisions and want to talk about you know, referees getting it wrong or technology getting it wrong. And, you know, I know we've done that tonight. But these, you know, when there's something as big and as important as this happening, this is the stuff that matters. Speaking of the stuff that matters, um, when we lasted a show on Monday, uh, like feels like a long time ago, we, we spoke at length about Marcus Rashford, as we have done on this show. Um, Naz, you, you'd made that point that, like, you know, Marcus Rashford has shown the government how to get things done. And little did we know that, like the next day, um, yesterday, 
uh, that Marcus Rashford would get the job done, having like essentially in five days put out that tweet where he said, I need to talk to somebody in the government about this. And then five days later, force Boris Johnson into this like incredibly embarrassing climb down. Um, when we've seen so many things like, uh, um, you know, Daniel Rashford getting his mention from, they think it's all over presenter Nick Hancock. Um, but I mean, essentially like, I was really struck by the Manchester United and Manchester City exchange again. And I know Twitter exchanges can be a bit, you know, they can be a bit sort of twee at times, but like as a Mancunian and seeing what, and I know we're all behind this because I, I genuinely, I feel inspired to see what's happened here with uh, Marcus Rashford. But like talk to us about the last few days and, and your sense of like what he's achieved. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. It was, um, there was, I think I, I don't think I've ever seen sort of that kind of eruption of emotion from sort of so many people who are into football, and not into football. There was just like when it was announced that like uh, Max Rashford had been successful in 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 forcing the government to make a U-turn, like like social media erupted just with this with this feeling of joy. It was I've never seen anything like it, and it, and it's not even like. It's not even like international football because, like half the half the sort of fans that are that follow their clubs have got more of an um, allegiance with their clubs than their country. So it's not that. And you even had like people who've got no interest in football, but obviously just give a shit about about kids starving. That that that, that this young athlete has had managed to instigate this change. It was just uh, it was just remarkable. And um, I mean the city the city sort of uh, exchange with Rashford was great. The on, the only thing with that is. I won't mention a name, but like it kind of gave a certain mm. individual the kind of um, the kind of notoriety and, uh, and and sort of attention that she craves. So um, yeah. that that was the down, one downside. But it, it was nice that that sort of city and everyone. It, it, that was a, that was a, that was a sort of example of of what was happening sort of far wider. In that everyone like Leeds fans who hate United, like Liverpool fans, like all all this natural sort of rivalry rivalry that we all love about football. It was all put aside because like. This is this is kids who yeah. would otherwise not be able to eat. So it was it was such a an important cause, and 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 also it was just um I mean even even like the we talked like in in the in the last episode about um the government and and MPs being being very patronising towards uh, Rashford and and it carried on sort of like um even when the U turn was um was was sort of like announced. Uh, politicians were coming out saying that oh we have I think it was I, th- I think it was Hancock who actually said um oh I'm 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 very proud of of Rashford or, or, or something like that and you kind of think what you're saying I don't think he he realizes that what he's saying there is I am proud of this person who's managed to shame us into feeding kids <laughs> it's ridiculous mm. but like I mean whatever happened like however it happened thank God it happened and it's going to impact so many families and 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 if if you just think for a second how many parents are going to be so relieved that because 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 we everyone has stresses in their lives everyone's dealing with this difficult situation imagine dealing with coronavirus and everything else as well as having the immediate fear and worry about where the next meal is going to come from and for, for that to be sort of eased in, in in some way like rashford has done has done something in his career at 22 that 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 probably won't be surpassed with anything else he does it doesn't matter what he wins or or what sort of uh, on-field uh, achievements he manages? Dion, it's like, I mean, we have talked at length about it. We spoke today um, to Joe Cole. Um, and and you'll be hearing that full interview this Friday. 
um, this Friday coming, uh, June the 19th. Um, but we did speak to Joe Cole a little bit earlier on. And Joe himself, he has raised a lot of money for PPE during the pandemic. And we did ask him about Marcus Rashford's incredible contribution in getting the UK government to U-turn on providing school dinners over the summer months. And this is what he said. Uh, that's that's a, a beautiful thing Marcus has done there. Um, you know, if anything, you know, this 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 pandemic shown us is there's this so much empathy and and love. And when we come together, we can do, you know, great things. So from Mark, from my perspective, Marcus, what he's done is, you know, it's a great, a great, um, obviously a great cause. Um, and it's close to his heart, but you can really sense when you hear him speak that he meant it. Do you know what I mean? He was like, he, he really, you know, he'd lived, I don't know his past, he'd, he'd lived that, lived that life or whether he'd, he'd seen it in and around where he's from. And footballers are generally, we're all from the same sorts of areas, you know? Um, I had free school dinners at one point um, in my life. So, you know, no, I, I, listen, I just, so I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him as an Englishman, as an English player and as a footballer in my industry can do something like that and make a change like that. So, you know, you know, real props to Marcus. I'll be patting him on the back when I see him. Naz, um, you caught up with Andy Ellis earlier. Um, before we get into that, tell us who is Andy Ellis? Andy Ellis is an actor um, who, um, if you've seen the Shane Meadows, uh, This Is England, both the f- original film and the the drama series uh, um, th- that have come after, um, he plays Gadget, um, who is this little, like lovable rogue um, throughout the throughout the sort of shows in the film, and and he plays him, and and he actually comes from Withenshaw, which is obviously where where Marcus Rashford is from. Uh, okay, let's hear from Nas and Andy. Right, Andy Ellis, uh, you've been up to no good, haven't you, on the streets of Withenshaw? Well, you know, I, I can't take all the blame. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a joint effort from uh, from myself and uh, a couple of a couple of my mates, Joe Farrer uh, and Jordan Blurry. Yeah, um, and could you just explain what you did? Um, so yeah, so we basically, I'm as you say, I'm from Withenshaw, um, town in South Manchester, where uh, the amazing uh, Marcus Rashford. So is it Daniel Rash- Mar- Marcus Rashford? <laughs> Um, where Marcus sort of grew up. Um, I don't think he lives around here anymore, uh, but he grew up. Um, so, yeah, just after after his campaign, you know, to get school vouchers during the summer holiday, we felt as United fans as well that we wanted to uh, we wanted to thank him not just on us uh, from us, but from uh, you know the children of Wivenshaw and uh, the rest of the rest of England. Really, we made a banner saying Rashford won Boris nil. Uh, just some quick, quir- quirky to, to to throw up that people go. All right, okay, I get what you've done there. I guess as a as a lad from uh, Withenshaw, do you um, can you relate to what uh, Rashford talks about about his past and about growing up in Withenshaw? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, the, it's it the area has gone through a lot of change. It's you know, it, it used to be it used to be quite a rough area. It's it's changed a bit now, but you know, with with the current situation of the coronavirus, you know, there's there's a lot of families already towing the breadline, and this can this will you know we we already know from from government reports and stuff that you know this this virus affects those sort of the poorest anyway, um and you know when you think of places like Wivenshaw in particular, one of the biggest employers is Manchester Airport, 
yeah. we can see how the aviation industries, you know, sadly, sadly going. Um, so a lot of them people are going to be out of work. Um, you know, I, I know people who have been furloughed who work at the airport, but might not have a job to go back to because once the planes get flying again, they're going to be very limited amounts. Um, so yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of families are going to are going to lose, if not the main breadwinner, then you know, possibly possibly both breadwinners. And like I say, them kids who who already are towing the breadline are going to be worse affected now than than anyone really. So. Yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to what he's saying. And obviously, you put up this uh, this amazing sign that said uh, Rashford won uh, Boris nil. Um, in terms of um, what uh, Michael Rashford's done, um, how proud of you? How, how proud of him are you? Uh, yeah, immensely proud. Um, you know, it used to be a thing years ago. It's not as much anymore. But you know, the working class kind of stick together and are proud of their own. Um, and Marcus is, you know, is a young lad from from round here who's done well. Um, and he should be celebrated. And the fact that, you know, I think a lot of people nowadays think that, you know, their voices get lost. And I know he's got a big following and he's a football player, but he's used his voice for the right reason. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's managed to feed 1.3 million kids. <laughs> what did you do with your Tuesday? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it, there's, also a, there's also a lovely full circle about this because... Um, once, uh, once he managed to single-handedly change government policy, uh, he tweeted, uh, "This is England." And obviously, yeah. uh, obviously, y- you are you you play gadget in "This is England." And again, like from your point of view, uh, similar to similar to Rashford, you are somebody from a working class background who found a way out. He found sport. You found acting. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It has gone full circle. Um, it, it was amazing. One of my mates actually tagged me in that. Uh, this is England 2020. Um, uh, tweet um and yeah it's, it's it's amazing you know like i say yeah um he's he's one of quite a few to be honest from from the area that has done well um you know we, we we've got actors we've got musicians uh sportsmen uh, you know and marcus obviously is is at the moment at the top of his game playing for you know one of the biggest clubs in in the world and um he's using his voice for the right reasons and if he wants to make this as England 2020 and come and join the gang, he's, he's more than bloody welcome. <laughs> and, and and finally, as as a Manchester United fan, um, how are you looking forward to watching him on the field? Yeah, I wish him, I wish him, him and, and the team all, all the luck. Um, someone tweeted me uh, saying that, you know, him winning the, the school dinners might be the only thing Man United win this year. But if it is, then that's, that's fine by me, you know. Anyone could take the title, is. He's done something more amazing than you know than than anything that he could have done. I think as a as a sportsman in his career, I think he, he wants to be proud of himself. To be honest. Brilliant, Andy. Thanks for that, and and good luck with everything. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Nice Wicked. one, pal. Thank you very much. See you later, mate. Nods yourself and Andy Ellis there. Um, I I, I kind of see what you guys are doing there, addressing the balance. I you know, you've two Irish accents, and then now you've got two incredible Mank accents. And and in fairness, you have gone out and found um, a man with like a tr- like a, what I imagine to be a true Mank accent. Is that like is that is that the is that the essential Mank accent? They're not. Um, well, I mean, the thing is, he's he's South Manchester, and I am North Manchester. So uh, and, ah. and 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 if anything, North Manchester's even even more sort of um, grubby and working class than South Manchester. But, I mean, Withenshaw, Withenshaw's not too dissimilar to Crumpsall. It's interesting because, like, obviously, like, Marcus Rashford is from Withenshaw, like, and uh, I was trying to one-up him in terms of, like, who who famous 
who's famous that comes from Crumpsall. But the only people that I'm aware of are Bugsy Malone, sort of a music artist, which is decent. Jason Orange. Um, and, wow. and, and, and I mean, Myra Hindley, which we don't talk about as much. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I think but I think these days he trumps me with uh with Marcus Rashford. Andy's sign was was thieved, and he wants to get it back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was apparently. I mean, not 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 long after the interview, he meant he mentioned to me that that um the actual sign had been nabbed, and uh, I mean, usually that wouldn't matter as much just because like it it had gone viral. Um, obviously, obviously everyone saw it, and and that's that. But the thing is that because it's because it's of such uh, cultural importance now, um, obviously with the with the with the policy being overturned, um, the National Football Museum in Manchester actually wanted um, the original sort of like sign that went up that uh, Andy put mm-hmm. up um, t- to sort of um, uh, have in their museum, and 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 yeah, so so they'd like it back. So if anyone's if if anyone knows where it is, or anyone knows anyone who knows where it is, like no questions will be asked, just return it. So. Uh, so future generations can just uh, look at it and kind of think this this great young man did this great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an amnesty on the sign. Ah, I think I think that will turn up again. I think yeah. we can have a good feeling about that. Um. All right, chaps. Uh, that's that. Um. Lots in lots in there tonight. Uh, football is back, and we'll be back again on Friday evening. Um. On the Premier League. I mean, it's just inconsiderate because. We have games for the next after Thursday. We have games for the next six days after six nights after that. But for uh, for for you know logistical reasons, the Premier League is taking a little break tomorrow. And as as are we, we'll be back on Friday evening. We'll be hearing from Joe Cole as we mentioned, and we'll be following up with all the Premier League action as well. Dion and Oz, have a nice evening. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Paddy. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.